You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. You're listening to Inside Real Estate, your source for all things mortgage and real estate related. The show that brings you all the hottest topics and insights directly from those who know it most. Now sit back and enjoy the show. What's up, everyone? Uh, Paul Apostolakis here, Salvatore Cusmano, Brad Weisgerber. Good morning. We are Inside Real Estate, uh, the podcast. Very special guest today. We've got Karen Briscoe. She is a principal at HBC uh, Group Keller Williams in McLean, Virginia. She's an author uh, of a book called Five Minutes of Success. She's got a few different books on that, and then we'll talk a little bit about that. She's a contributing author for Inman and Real Trends. Uh, she's done TED Talks. She, she talks around the country. She's a really accomplished uh, real estate agent slash author slash really, really smart person. Smarter than us. Like, uh, like so, Karen, w- welcome to the show. It's okay. So, Karen, just be careful because I think we got a little bit of a bad connection. So, you're kind of breaking up a little bit on us. I know you're calling in. So, if you could uh, uh, just uh, use your headset, I think that would work. And just don't move. And don't move anywhere. (laughs) There you go. Way better. There we go. Uh, So today we're going to talk a little bit about the market. Uh, Karen's got a lot of great insight on the market. Uh, We'll talk about uh, inventory. It's gone up quite a bit. We might talk a little bit about the Fed and what they're doing with rates. But first and foremost, Karen, uh, I want to get into your story. It's it's a great story. It's inspiring, really. Um, you, you've been in the, in the real estate industry for some time. Uh, you've got a really great team there in Virginia that that's doing some really impressive things. And the book is really something that I want to focus on. Oh, can you hear me? 2001, I had come out of the commercial space. And so there's a kind of a like back-ended thing where residential is in this important as commercial, but I immediately found my thrill because I love working with people and helping them in terms of buying and selling houses. On the commercial side, it's not, you don't really get into the relationships. It's, it's definitely more deal making, but I found having that financial was really strong on the residential side. He passed away in 08. Uh, sadly, the same month, the financial markets crashed. So then spent about the next few years rebuilding the business. I have a, a new partner, Lizzie Conroy, um, from 09, not new so much anymore, almost 10 years. And this year of 2018, we're closing out the books at about 70 million. And the good news is we have almost 12 million already on the books for 2019. Yeah, and for 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 those that don't know, really the in the industry, uh, that's that's a lot of volume uh, for a group to be doing, and you know anything uh, in that in that range is, is quite a bit. So kudos to you and your team. What do you attribute your ability to do that type of volume out of your office? Uh, what are some of the things that you guys are doing to be able to handle that, to be able to service your people correctly? Because obviously, at that level, that's that's a lot of transactions. Well, we have a great staff. Obviously, building a team is, you know, really to get to that level, like you said, you can't really do that on your own. And so that is one of the core principles. But that's also what came out of, you mentioned me being an author and writing the book. What happens as people achieve a high level of success, many times people want to, you know, know how you did it. And so I have these stories and they really are sticky. And in that, way and able to 
you know, not only work with customers and clients in the lead generation and then the conversion consulting process, but then also that takes the enterprise or the business and, you know, create something that's more scalable and sustainable and ongoing. And that's what led to the idea of the book, A Real Estate Success in Five Minutes a Day. And a lot of the core principles come out through that. Yeah, and, and and you know something I didn't touch on is you also have a podcast, which is awesome. Uh, you do a podcast, so you're, you're really utilizing a lot of media, uh, you know, with the book and everything to get your story out there. One thing that I thought was really interesting, Karen, is the places like yeah. I was just going to say that one of the you're, things you kind of I'm sorry, you cut out on me. I like get to you, and then you you like skip. Sorry. So reason. yeah. So so I think something that was really interesting that I thought that I, I thought I'd bring up is you wrote your book by waking up an hour early every morning and writing it in that time frame. So talk to us about that kind of mindset. Uh, you, I mean, you, it wasn't something that you Five were like. Well, she was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna write a book, and I I'm gonna do it this way. I'm gonna wake up an hour early and write the book. So talk talk to the audience about how that happened and and what caused you to do that. She can't hear us. I, I lost that. Yeah, I lost you said interesting. Sorry. Uh, no problem. No problem. We are having some phone issues. I, sorry to the audience. But, yes, yeah, so my point is you woke up every morning an hour early to write this this book. So talk to the audience about that mindset, about how you decided to write a book and chose not to actually have it hinder your daily production. You chose to wake up an hour early every morning to do it. Yes, that was a huge shift for me because when I realized I had been talking about writing a book for a number of years, and I had this epiphany that, well, I'm, I'm self-employed. I, the only one truly stopping me from doing what I say I want to do, in that case, writing a book was me. But then the time quandary, right? Because I already live a full life. I, it's, like a, it's like she's in Africa. Should I have her call my cell phone? I had to make the time. And where the time would come from was getting up an hour early. And I... When I put that into place, it really was very powerful in the morning routine. Now I incorporate the full miracle morning that Hal Elrod talks about in his book. And that has just totally transformed my life over the last three years. That's interesting. So it's kind of one of those things like you remove the excuses. Like, I want to write a book. Well, when am I going to do it? Well, I'll just wake up an hour early, right? A lot of us kind of, and Sal and Brad, you guys, we can talk about this. We kind of make some excuses for ourselves sometimes and say, you know, I don't have time for that. Well, we really do if we really, really wanted to do something. Yeah, right? I think, I mean, I think it comes down to discipline and structure. And I think from the sounds of it, Karen has a tremendous amount of discipline and structure. I mean, she. Yeah. The only way you do something like that is if you commit to doing it every day. Yeah, it, it can actually be more powerful. <laughs> this is really bad. Hey, hey Karen, 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 we have a really bad connection. So what I'm going to have you do. We do. Yeah, will you will yeah. you call my cell phone? We're going to plug my cell phone into the system, and we're going to start like that. I think that's a better way to do it, okay? Can you call my cell phone? This is. Like, that, I mean, are you going to text me that number? It's just the, the number that you were texting me earlier. Okay, I'll yep, do that. Do that. So this is the beauty of podcasts, everyone, and being live. Ooh. That you know, sometimes things don't go as planned, and it seems to you know, you just got to roll with yeah, it. But notice yeah, every right. time, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, you know, you know, cell phone. But listen, service. just when we get Karen back on the line, she is just really, really, really smart. Um, she, hold on a second, plug that in, Sal. She's just this is gonna be really good. I, I really want to get her online because it, it she has so much knowledge. Karen, are you there? 
much better on my end. Oh, oh there we go. Whoa. There we go. Hello. You know, who, Skype. It's Skype's fault. We're going to, you know, Skype. <laughs> uh, we're going to blame it on Skype. Skype. Because I, I can see you on the live, and I'm sitting there. That's a whole different. We, we oh, you sound so much better. We're going to do this from now on. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. so Karen, yeah, it, it, you know, like, like we said, you created an ecosystem. I mean, think about it. She's writing books. She's running an office. She's a principal at the office. She's, she's doing talks across. You're she's mentoring people. She's doing podcasts. And you, Where do you find the time? <laughs> I mean, Karen, I mean, that, that is the reality of this is how do you, this kind of goes back to your book, the five minutes uh, of success. Talk to us about that, that principle that, and, and what that means to you and what the audience should, should kind of try to extrapolate from that uh, and what the five minutes actually does for people. Well, what I discovered is it actually can be more and it can be better because I find that sometimes people think, oh, it's going to take away from something else. But when you focus on your own personal development or what is meaningful for you, it's actually can what you focus on expands. And I'm sure you all have heard that before, but also it's going to be energizing. So in the beginning, I thought, oh, getting up an hour earlier, I'm going to be tired. Actually, I was energized by it because I was putting first what I wanted to do. And when I did that, then everything else that I'm sure you've heard this before falls into place. Um, Einstein talks about it in terms of time being relative. And this is what happened to me. Um, One minute doing something you don't want to do, like being in traffic or in a boring meeting or whatever, it's going to, you know, seem like eternity, right? Yeah. But but do one hour or five minutes doing something you love or passionate about or with someone you love. I mean, time flies by, right? Yeah, so for sure. That's where that it's like a flip, if you will. I call it the time flip or to flip time. When you do it first, um, then the energy is so much greater and you will everything else will fall into place. Yeah, and you know, obviously, you 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 wrote the book, and you've done the talks, and you're doing all this stuff. So kudos to you for doing it. I mean, you're not just saying it. A lot. I know sometimes I feel like Sal, like some people just say this stuff, Mm -hmm. but they don't execute on it. You know what I mean? It's like easy to say. Yeah, I mean, it's and we know it's true too. I think that's the biggest thing. It's you know when you go if you wake up early that you're going to have a more productive day. You know. If you go to the restaurant and order a salad instead of the the giant burger, that you're going to feel better, right? But it's all about doing it. Yeah, you, you got you got to execute the action. You know, it's it's very easy to say, but so kudos to you, Karen, for that. Um, I wanted to talk to you about you, you. You talk a lot about committing to get leads. This is something that that you you focus on quite a bit. Um, and I think that's it's like we do this in in like kind of like instinctively, but it's got to be a focus for a lot of people where. You've got to be committed to getting leads everywhere, anywhere you go. So, Karen, talk to us about your thought process on that and and what that means to people in every industry. It doesn't matter what industry you're in. Oh, yes, absolutely. Everybody's in lead generation. I mean, if you think about your dentist, they may call it – you know, business development or something, but the dentist, if it, the dentist doesn't have any patients, they don't have anything to do. And even churches, they call that evangelism. So everybody's in lead generation. And it really is a commitment because if you wait till you feel like doing it or wait till you quote unquote have time to do it, um, that it, it is not, it's likely to happen. And so it really is a commitment. And in one of my books, The 66 Day Challenge, I set it up as a 66 day challenge because back to habit formation, there's a lot of research, but the, the one piece of research that seems to resonate and stand out the strongest is the 66 days. And that is because the, the first 22 days, often people are like really 
excited about it. They're almost like evangelists. I mean, met anybody that's tried Whole30 or, you know, a pellet, got a Peloton, right? I mean, think about everybody January 1. They're all going to be like ready to go the yeah. first few weeks. Yeah, that's but a great then, point. Yeah, but then a lot of people get into this, what Seth Godin calls the dip, right? So you're like, at the next three weeks, we were like evaluating, okay, why did I get that bike? And why am I eating like this? I really do want my burger, you know? Right. Um, and so the people who power through the dip, then they start to really experience the benefits of it. And it's, you know, then it becomes a positive, if you will, cycle, self fulfilling, if you will. And so that's why the commitment has to be there because almost everybody is going to go through that. There's going to go through that dip and they need to really know that they're going to stay through it because at the 66 days, then you start to really experience the benefit of, of the commitment. And lead generation is something that I feel like is really an ongoing. I think it's like flossing your teeth, right? I mean, you still want your teeth, right? Right. <laughs> People who think, oh, I'm done with my lead generation. I'm like, really? There's attrition. There's, you know, a natural ebb and flow to business. There's seasons. It, the one thing you do have control over is your commitment to do the lead generation. And it's funny, too, because I feel like a lot of loan officers, real estate agents, you know, uh, so on and so forth in that business, they lead gen when they have to. Right. Yeah. And those that's why it's so up and down for everyone, right? Two good months, two bad months, as opposed to like you said, flossing every day. It's like if you floss every day, the dentist isn't going isn't going to tell you you have to floss or that you have cavities, right? They still might. Well, well it, it's like the um I, I I'm sure everybody's heard the roller coaster analogy, right? That that's why, you know, our business can be if we're, you know, doing this only when often people start lead generating when they don't have any deals in the pipeline, right? That's mm-hmm. it. They've got their feet up to the yep. flames and they gotta work now, right? Yeah. But if you if you go to a theme park and you see a roller coaster, they are setting off cars like every couple of minutes. And that creates this constant stream. And that's what loan officers, real estate professionals, anybody in sales, if you're sending off a constant stream of activity, then over time that will create a less bumpy ride. <laughs> and and so it it what we can control, we can't control again the market fluctuations. We can't control, you know, when bu- buyers decide or sellers decide to do something. What we can control is our activities. That's a Crazy way of looking at it. Everyone, I mean, everyone's heard of the roller coaster analogy of, of ups and downs in the sales business, right? But this is a different mindset to look at it from that way, a different perspective. Of, the cars yeah, loaded it's, up repeatedly. It's crazy yeah. to think about. I mean, it's something I definitely suffered from. And I think I, I don't think anybody in sales can possibly say that they haven't experienced where it, you know you have success and then all of a sudden you don't have success and you're like, why don't I have success? You've got to go back to the drawing board and kind of reevaluate. And it took me a long time personally because I was very good at kind of like rebounding, right? I was very good at like, oh, uh, you know, two months in and oh, okay, I'll, I'll rebound very quickly because I just, I rested on my skill set. But the reality is that's a miserable existence to live in every single day, having to start over and having to like reinvent yourself every two months. It's really difficult as opposed to just doing all the right actions every single day. It's, it, it sounds easy though. It, it's, it's as easy I like solution. the teeth analogy, right? Like you're back to brush the teeth? your teeth, yeah. floss every yeah. day and you're going to have healthy <laughs> teeth, right? I yeah. mean, you neglect it. I mean, yeah. you're going to have issues. Yeah. Uh, so okay, let me ask you this, Karen. Um, I know obviously you always wanted to write a book, right? Um, and I, I think everybody says I want to write a book potentially. What was it that motivated you to finally like say, you know what, I'm going to sit down and do this? 
Well, it was that epiphany, if you will. It was like a light bulb went on that I, I'll, the only one stopping me was me. Yeah. And if really, it it was so powerful that there there was uh, a there's a book called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. She also wrote Eat, Pray, Love. That's what she's probably more yeah. famous for. But there's in that book she talks about the fact that in the universe there's all these ideas. And when an idea comes to someone, if they don't act on it, if the idea's time has come to be realized, then somebody else is that the universe is going to take the idea to someone else. Yep. And I know you've had this happen where you've had an idea and then you've seen somebody else do it. And then you go, but I could have done that. It's that could have been my idea. Yeah. yeah. You know that feeling? Oh, I know that feeling. I, yeah. Yeah. I felt that in such a big way. I was like, not only do I need to write this book, I need to write it now. I felt such a huge urgency. And it was so powerful. The, the good news is, is that now that I have done this uh, for a little while, a few years, I see these ideas quicker and I act on them faster. So, for example, the podcast. When the idea of the podcast came to me, it was actually on my book's first birthday, and it said, I want a podcast because here you've been on all these other great podcasts and shows, and and but if you had a podcast, you could interview anybody you want. Yeah. And that was like such an epiphany for me. I was like, oh my gosh, I could. And so I moved quicker into it. Used to be I would have like, oh my gosh, it's going to be so much work. I'm going to have to find a podcast company. I'm going to have to right. set up equipment, blah, blah, blah. And so what I would say is, is that what I've experienced and I think other people have as well is that when you move quicker into it, then that energy propels you forward. And that is what I've been on this journey the last few years now doing TEDx talks. I've got another book coming out, but that energy is what then drives the the next or the future in a, in a really exciting way because I think that a lot of people that are in sales or, you know, in, in your field or my field, they, they experience burnout, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of it's because I think they're putting off doing the things, you know, that would be passion, you know, be their passions or something they could get excited about. I'm like, okay, well just do, you know, if, if you really don't feel like you get up an hour early, get up five minutes early and do it because what you focus on expands and that energy will have a ripple effect on the people around you in your business. My business has actually grown uh, since I've taken on what I call my creative endeavors. Yeah. And so it's not a lack at all. It's not a scarcity. It's an abundance. Yeah. Yeah. That, and you know, you just brought up something that I, I, I say this a lot. We live in an abundant society where there's a lot around us and even downtimes and up, up to, there's, there's going to be people that will find success. Like even through 2008, when there was an implosion and all that, people were finding ways to be successful even through that. So I think that's very true. And I think to your point, when people get burned out, it's because it's like being in a marathon. It's like, I'm going to run a marathon, Brad, but I, I didn't train at all, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go do a, a 5k. Well, I'm not going to make it. I'll get the popcorn and I'll watch. <laughs> you know, I'm not ready to 5k. One of the biggest contributors to burnout is, letting your business or your work run you right right as opposed to you taking control every day even if you're doing the same job it's it's all the way you look at it right, right. and the results can be vastly different i don't think you're going to get burned out making a ton of money in real estate or mortgage yeah. if you look at it that way and you probably won't make a lot of money at real estate or mortgage if you don't look at it with the control aspect i think a lot of what contributes to the burnout is that mindset uh, we talked about before that roller coaster of 
sitting back a little bit when when it's good and then having to having the oh shit moment and then having to really grind um realizing you didn't do anything for a while mm-hmm. and then that repeats itself and repeats itself and you get burnt out quick well, on that well i had a mentor karen that used to say you can either live and, and be at effect of life or you can affect life Right. It's, it's, wow. right. So like you could be, it, it was a strong thing to say because it's like, is it, am I at effect? Like are things just happening to me or am I affecting my life around me? And that kind of just made me realize that like, you know, it, it, I'm in the driver's seat and I can either like be passive and like attack every day or I could just let it just happen around me and, and be, be a, be a passive observer. I don't think there's anything in between really. It's all perspective and mindset. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that's really good perspective. So let me ask you this, Garrett, uh, for, for an ever changing, I mean, our industry in real estate in general is very dynamic. It changes like the wind. Like for instance, this summer was super, super hot. The spring was super hot. Last year was hot. All of a sudden we just went like cooled off in October, right? Um, how do you, um, prepare for that? How are you evolving in your business on the real estate side to stay on top of the market and changing winds every single moment of every day? Because you've already got business lined up for next year. You've, you're doing, your team's doing a lot of good things. What do you attribute to that? Because it's not easy to be able to see the change and then be able to, to, um, to adapt quickly. Well, I love the Wayne Gretzky quote of he skates to where the the puck is going. And that's how he became a successful hockey player. I think it's the same with our market. It's just, you know, constantly skating towards it. I see what a lot of people do is they wait until it comes to them. And then they go, oh, you know, I should have done something. And you're like, wow, yeah, you should have done something a long time ago. Um, So just staying forward thinking in terms of the market is, and that is, for myself, one thing I do is I continuously do market studies. I actually write for the local paper and I do at a minimum a quarterly market study and I can see trends. I mean, you talked about as inventory builds up, supply and demand, that will be a strong indicator as to which direction the market is going and where you want to be in that market. And that is is one of the key things I've done for over a decade because I did see the 2008 coming. I just had a hard time convincing people <laughs> um, <laughs> because there was a buildup of inventory and as the inventory just kept building up and kept building up. And it was more so in what I call a tale of two markets where we have a very heavy luxury area. My average sales price is 800,000. So uh, it, it's very heavy on the upper brackets and that just kept building up more and more and more. Whereas the, product under a million was selling relatively well. And so, as you said, there's opportunity in every market, but you have to know the market and you have to be, you know, feet on the street in terms of understanding your market dynamics. So speaking on that, uh, you know, it's funny that you brought up the inventory thing because there was an article um, stating that we are at a three-year high for inventory across the country. So inventory is starting to get, starting to get back to a place where, you know, there's more inventory, people are starting to sell their houses more. They're, you know, I don't think there's actually less buyers potentially. I, I think people will still be buying homes. I actually think we're going to have a sp- strong spring. But what do you think this this period of time right now, because it, it, it is strange with what's happening in the market. We had a really hot market. It cooled off very quickly. We're starting to see more inventory. People are talking about a recession. What do you see coming up, let's say in 2019, that we should be prepared for in your opinion? 
Well, our market area is, is pretty strong right now. We're in the Washington, D.C. metro region ah, in it. the Northern Virginia That's side. Just yeah. got the Amazon announcement, which has got a huge halo effect going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you guys are good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, we still have what I call the tail of two markets. The affordability is our challenge. Right. So we have a lot of inventory in the upper brackets. We just don't have as many buyers. Right. So there needs to be some price compression, uh, correction, getting the, the those sellers into the market where they, you know, it, there are actual buyers. And that takes some education and some, you know, good old fashioned, uh, you know, some strong conversations mm-hmm. with those people to help them understand dose the of reality. Yeah. But I'll say right now, I mean, I love the fact that I'm on the show on December 19th because this is actually the peak time of the year, believe it or not. Everybody goes, oh, December, everybody's gone. The number one, the Black Friday of real estate is the Friday after Christmas. Think about that. That's interesting. It's right? true, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Realtor.com did a study, and that is the number one search day in for real estate. Wow. And I think that there's a lot of reasons for that. I think that it's because people have time off. I, you know, contrary to the belief of oh, people are so busy. Actually, they can get time off easier, so they're and they they're they're done with the family, right? Right. <laughs> All right. And they're like they they're making decisions because. Either they're like, oh my gosh, this house is too big and this is, you know, the last year I want to shovel snow. Um, or it's the, oh my gosh, this house is too small. We need to make a decision and move um, next year. And so this is really such an incredible opportunity if people uh, seize it and take advantage of the fact that right now in our, in the real estate, wherever you are, um, I would say the, you know, there's seasonality, obviously, if you're in Florida, um, but that's actually could be a great time of year because people that are coming from the north that go to Florida, they, they're going to want to buy a house now, too. Right. Yeah. And go ahead. I was going to say it's it, you're so right. I mean, it, it is the Black Friday of of real estate because I just it's, never it's thought not, of it that it's, way. It's, it's not. A, well, it's not only that people are often making decisions, it's people are traveling. They're seeing other places. Right. And they go, oh, it'd be kind of nice to be here. Right. They're, they're with their family and, and they're nagging mom or their mother-in-law or whatever. You guys need to move closer to no, the that's, family. That, right. That's your house, buddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but they're getting that. They're, they're surrounded by family. They're yeah. like, man, it would be kind of nice to be closer to homes. Right. So not only they're having the family time, they're There's pondering these questions. There. They're off. They're making decisions. They have nothing to do. They're looking at houses. It's we talk about all the time is the winter months is, is where we make our money, right? Because yeah. we're setting ourselves up. We're, we're looking, we're skating to where the puck is going, right? Yeah. We're setting ourselves up for the spring. We're working hard when other people are taking time off. Yeah. And just so you know, Karen, when we talk to like with our group, we always say that the winter months is when we make our year because that's when we make the connections. That's when we're lead generation. That's when we're making our, our relationships. That's where we're setting up the conversations for 2019. But because to your point, this is the time people are planning for their year. They're thinking about resolutions. They're thinking about what am I going to do in 2019? Big Schools, changes. Big changes, right? So to your point, I think that's, and I think what we need to understand, and I think you're big on this, and I've heard you say this before, is being a consultant. Being able to speak to someone and talk to them and understanding their needs, their wants, and understanding what their plans are for 2018, so you can actually consult them on a professional basis on what, what you know what their options are for 2019. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, just like people are like, oh, how to lead generate? I mean, just look at social media. I mean, you're going to see a lot of 
family interactions or people that are traveling, like you said, to new places or just all of that is an opportunity to connect. I mean, I know there's this, you know, we, we look at, uh, you know, making these connections and we want to have the real estate conversation. But if you start with the, the personal conversation, yeah. then oftentimes the real estate, real estate conversations come out of that. Yeah. Um, because the other thing that often happens at holiday gatherings is that people make, you know, financial gifting decisions too, right? I mean, so think yeah. about it. We're talking about mom and moving her into, you know, a place with less steps or, you know, is closer to them. But also a lot of times families make decisions like, okay, you know, we, we want to go ahead and do some some financial planning here. And so use this as an opportunity. Say, okay, you, you know, I saw you made it home and just checking in on the family and how you can you can help them with their their life events. I'm really happy you brought that up because I think a lot of people in our industry, in any industry, think of lead generation as uh, there's a consumer and I've got to find the consumer and I've got to find the consumer and I've got to figure out who's buying. And I really, truly believe this. I tell my team this all the time. It's like, go talk to anyone. Just mm -hmm. go have a conversation. Go get to know someone. Get to know your family. Call your family. Have coffee with them. Have coffee with a buddy of yours that you haven't talked in years. It doesn't have to be this like, uh, this mark that you've got to go after because they're going to like, you can flip them, right? Or, or you can, you can convince them into doing something. No, just get out there, be in your community, be in your family, get to know people. And that really is more powerful than anything else that you could possibly do. Because if everybody knows that you're the person that like to go to, to, for, for any, anything that you're into, that's really strong, right? And it, really what it's all about is creating relationships. Wouldn't you agree, Karen? Yes, absolutely. And look for life events because yeah, yeah. Um, I call it the deeds. So death, a family member in, you know, death, you obviously wouldn't be sensitive, but there, there's often an opportunity in real estate there. Divorce, again, being sensitive, but I notice a lot of times where I start seeing. A lot of um, divorces. Signs. A lot of yeah. divorces, Karen. A lot of a lot of divorces, but you start seeing signs because the pictures aren't, you know, they're not the same picture anymore or whatever. <laughs> then you have the more positive ones. You have diapers when people have children. Yeah. That's a moving decision. Diamonds when they get engaged. They almost always buy now before they get married. So watch for the engagements. Um, even dogs. When people get a dog, that is a game changer for housing. Uh, they often then will start thinking, okay, I need to you know, get more space or whatever. So look for the Ds. Look for opportunities in life events because life events is when people make move decisions. Yeah, it's an emotional it's an emotional thing for them, right? Yeah, and, and right now, as funny as it sounds, divorce. I feel like I feel like things happen around the holidays that yeah. are either good or bad, right? It's either Something like we we are done. Like I can I do not want to buy you a gift ever again. Like we're, it's over. We're seeing a lot of divorces right now. Yeah, it, it it's unfortunate. I I you know the reality though is that our divorce rate here in the United States is really I mean everywhere really. Are you good, Paul? I'm good. I love my wife. I, I, yeah, yeah. It's cheaper to keep her, guys. It's cheaper to keep her. Yeah, no, no. I love my wife. God bless you, Tiffany. If you're listening, which you know, you're the best. And I do not want a divorce at all. But it happens, and and you know, and th those people need to be consulted because it's not just getting a divorce. It's not just getting married. It's, it's not messy. just having a baby. There's a lot of stuff that goes into all these life events, and people need direction. And if you're honest and you're a good human and you really want to take care of people, people will gravitate towards you and, and end up doing business with you because they trust yeah, you. Yeah, right? I mean, I think if you're able to lay a plan out for someone as to what they need to do. What it looks like, right? yeah. Because like, often like when people are just kind of put into situations, right? Like say you're going through a divorce and then 
you're not really sure what it's going to look like as far as splitting equity or buying a new house. What do you need? What do yeah. you need here? Right. And then when those numbers come up, the divorce is no longer amicable, right? Yeah. People get mad. People get their feelings hurt through the process. And it's Absolutely. nice to deal with, with teams or people who know, like have their back and will take care of them and guide them from day one. So it's not like a big yeah. issue. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree with that. I mean, it's, 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 people need direction. People want direction. They, they, mm -hmm. they crave it, whether they know it or not. They want someone to, they can trust to walk them through a lot of these processes. And it's, and it's complicated. Uh, the, the world's complicated, actually. Karen, let me ask you a, a quick question. And, you know, if you were to like choose like one trait as a new real estate agent or someone in sales, what would be the, like the one thing that they, they need to focus on more than anything else? Oh, that's absolutely hands down lead generation. That's it, right? Yeah. I mean, if you have, you, you need to really just put the pedal to the metal and, and lead generate. And then and sometimes I feel like people are their own worst enemy about that. Like they are concerned that, you know, what am I going to do with all these leads? I'm like, oh my gosh, you get too many leads, <laughs> you have choices, right? <laughs> you can, you can top grade, you can uh, cherry pick, you can refer out, you yeah. can, you know, then you have options of, building a staff or hiring assistant or partnering with someone or, or, you know, there's so many choices, but first of all, you've got to get that flow going. And so I lead generation is the first thing because that's everything depends on that. I mean, you have nobody to consult with, right? I mean, so you can't consult to sell someone if you have no person to consult with, right? You have nothing to do. And I think that that is one of the also misconceptions, if you will, of people, they think, oh, they get their license and then everybody's going to be calling them. And yeah. the truth Million is, most people, right? yeah. yeah, most people know a number of real estate agents, right? I mean, and one more real estate agent or one more loan, um, you know, lender is, is like, okay, I already have that. You right. know, I don't, I don't need that. So you have to, um, it really is, the person has to be proactive. I mean, it's not going to happen the other way, even after, 16 plus years in the business, I still lead generate every single day. I, I did take a little sabbatical when I wrote the book and my business went from selling a house a week to selling about one a month. And I was like, wow, after <laughs> 14 years, really? I can't take a little break. Um, so <laughs> I, I, I doubled down. I did three months of, of double down. Yeah, got so, it back up again, and then not, I'm totally committed. So, lead generation is something that new agents should be focusing on. What, from from your perspective, when you're looking at potentially hiring a new agent, what is the one trait or thing that you're looking for that they absolutely have to have? Is it social media following? Is it energy? Is it coachability? What's the one thing if you had to put a one thing? What is that one thing? Well, the one thing is the the drive and the ability to actually connected influence people. So, I mean, it, it goes back to the disc profile. I'm sure you've, you've heard of that. I find that people that have a natural, you know, people propensity and connection connectedness. So I guess, I don't know, social media following could indicate that I can just often tell by how personable they are. The other thing is, is the ones that get it. I mean, really they get it right away. They understand that this is a lead generation business because most people think that that it's actually about houses. <laughs> and I'm like, the houses are important. It's your inventory. It's your product you're selling. 
the people are the ones that do the transactions with. So people are like, going, oh, but I'm a great stager. I can, you know, I know I love my, I love houses. I love going to houses. Loving houses like, is not, not like everybody loves houses. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, you know, I that isn't like a trait that the that, that real estate, like it's great that you love houses, but you have to love working. <laughs> so with people. Yeah, with working with people. people. Yeah, you know, exactly. With real estate, it's got to be so much more difficult too, just in the fact that, the price is the same for the most part. I mean, yes, there's people who undercut, right, and sell on price. But like with mortgage, it's like, hey, I have a better rate than them. Right? Yeah. Like, it's even if I'm too. like yeah, yeah. not yeah. as personable, you can still win that deal with a real estate agent. Yeah. Same thing, I guess, if someone's going to undercut it. But it's like – For the most part, you've got to be better. Yeah. It's, you're like a gas station. Yeah. Like a, a new real estate agent's like another gas station yeah. and yeah. all the prices another, are the same. Or like, another bank. Right. I mean, yeah. It, yeah. I mean it's a commodity. It truly is a commodity. So you have to be able to differentiate yourself. And people want to do business, as you all know, with people they know, like, and trust. So I always – you know, encourage agents to immediately connect with their sphere. And many of them are resistant to that because they're like, oh, but I'm a new agent. They're going to know I'm new. And I'm like, well, that's one of the benefits of a team. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. second of all, and let them know you're new. Who cares? That way. Yeah, yeah. Let them know. Everybody. I mean, be honest in, in what you're doing and just say, I am new, but I'm going to be good. And you want to work yeah. with me, right? Um, so Karen, I, we're, we're, we do a thing called three questions. So we're going to ask you three questions at random. Uh, they're they're going to be weird, but you know, bear with us. I do want to say whoever is working with your group, whoever is, gets, gets to be around you, they're very, very fortunate because you're just a very good soul that has a lot of knowledge. So your team is, is very, very fortunate to be around you every single day. So I just wanted to say that. Um, so here are the three questions. Are you ready, Karen? Yeah, bring it on. All right. First one is what scares Karen Briscoe? Ah, I regret. Regret. That's a good one. Uh, yeah, yeah, because regret. I regret if I have not lived to my fullest potential and I'm at the other side. And so, you know, I do see that there's limited time. And so regret. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. The next question would be, what is your favorite Christmas song and why? Ah, what is my favorite Christmas song? I'm kind of into this, uh, the the Love Actually movie and where it's, you know, love is all around. I, I kind of have a real estate take on that is leads are all around me. And so <laughs> I, I, whenever I hear that song, I think, oh, leads are all around me. And so opportunity grows, right? So That's awesome. Uh, and then last question is what annoys Karen Briscoe? Ah, well, I would say that it's um, unprofessionalism. I've struggled with the people that are in our business that uh, are leave doors unlocked and that makes my clients, you know, unhappy and that they reflect that back on me. So unprofessionalism, because I I do feel like there is a, a perception of commoditization of our of our service and it does not bode well for those of us that are striving to mm-hmm. operate at a yeah. high professional level. Yeah, we, we see that a lot actually in our industry. I mean, we, it, it hurts our reputation as a, as a group, right? So um, listen, Karen, I, I cannot thank you enough for taking some time out of your life to spend with us in our little podcast. Please tell the audience how they can get a hold of you, how they can find you, how they can find your podcast, because you are a wealth of knowledge. And and, and f- furthermore, hopefully, if you're ever in our area, I definitely want to meet you in person because you just are an awesome human. I appreciate it. But tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. Absolutely. So it's the number five minute 
Success. That's the website. There's a Facebook group and page, and you, there's a lot of connectivity on those. The podcast is the number five minute success. You can get that on Overcast, Stitcher, mm-hmm. iTunes, all of the places you can get the podcast. And from the real estate perspective, it's I'm a Keller Williams agent, HBC group, like Huckabee Briscoe Conroy group. And we have a website, obviously. Pretty much, you could Google Karen Briscoe, and you're going to find me. Yeah, you're you're pretty. Yeah, you, I, I googled you this morning, just as, and you're all over the place. So, just so you know, uh, we'll we'll put the links in our in our podcast page. Uh, really, Karen, I can't thank you enough. You're, you're a true professional in the industry, and I really look forward to, to to talking to you again, and hopefully having you back on the on the show later in 2019. Same here. Here's to your success. Thank you so much, Karen. Have Thanks, a wonderful day. Have a great holiday. So, um, Karen's awesome. That was, that was really good. Um, Karen is, uh, like she, dude, she, (laughs) look, bro. She, she writes for Inman. She's written for real trends. She does Ted talk. She's got a book. I mean, it's a lot going on. I feel pretty shameful. (laughs) How little you do. (laughs) I I feel really, really proud of this podcast. It's some of the stuff that we do. And then it's like this chick decided to wake up an hour early every morning and wrote a book, then wrote another one, then did another one. Then writes for Real Trends has an eighty million dollar group in in That's Virginia. Crazy. What are we doing? I got to do more. Don't you feel like you got to do more? So I think you should get up an hour every day and start producing content think, for Facebook. For well, kind of like she said, the difference between feeling like you do and doing it is the difference. So, yeah, right. I mean, do what you got. Do what you got to do. Yeah, Sal, you look good today. What's Thanks. going on with your shirt? You got the chest lettuce out. Chest yeah, lettuce. <laughs> you got the chest lettuce out. You look yeah, good. Thanks. Your hair is nicely slicked oh, back. You, look good. you got some good color. He's old now. He's got a. He's got he a looks fantastic. I mean, he's he's thirty, but he looks amazing. By the way, I you know I I didn't want to do this because it was pretty raw. Sal's single again. Man, <laughs> just throwing that out. There, yeah. Man. So for the audience Damn. to know, yeah, he's he's back on the market, uh, on the prowl. Anybody? His cell phone number is five eight. Nah. <laughs> Come on. <man>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one, uh, we've got a few minutes. I did want to talk about something in our in, that's coming up. Uh, the Fed hike, uh, it's a big deal. People are talking about it. Uh, the, people, you know, Trump was scolding the Fed for not, for not wanting. They're, they're, they're going to raise rates. It's going to happen. They have to. They've backed themselves in a corner. Yeah. What is going to happen is they're, they're, the, what a lot of people are, are hinging on right now is the verbiage that they're going to use about next year. A lot of people think they were going to raise it three times next year. They think that they're going to go down to two. They, that's the big part of that. So be be on the lookout for that. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they left that kind of open and didn't even say that. They definitively that they're going to raise they it next year because that'll, case, that'll cause chaos. But I think I think they, they have, have to. to. I, but it, there's going to be chaos no matter what, right? The stock market's already starting to crash. The the it's in, interest, done, interest yeah. rates have have been um, what's the word? Fake, fakely low. I don't know. Fakely is not. They're really. low right now, bro. <laughs> um, I mean, they've gone down a lot, right? Yeah. Sal? I mean, dude, there's not a better time to buy a house than right now. Yeah, probably. I mean, there's no better time to buy a house than when you want to buy a house. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. The rate's 4.75 or five and a quarter. Who cares? Just uh, keep moving. It's about $100 a month in the right side. Sure. Going, right? But what are you going to do? But if you're going to buy a house, you're going to buy a house. You're going to buy a house, you're gonna buy a house because it's 4.75 right, and you man. don't know yeah, nothing yeah, no, about yeah, it? Yeah, you're, or, right, you're right. I mean, the, <laughs> the Fed has, has kept. I mean, yes, it's a big deal, but okay, it's going to happen. Rates are going to go up. The sky is blue. The, they've kept rates artificially <laughs> low. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> the sky, the actually not like, blue. Are they going to go up? Are they going? The sky is blue. The grass is green. Zelda's the sky is actually not blue. Right, it's a reflection of the water. Is so much All right, like, like, like just shut the <laughs> fuck up. And it, this is going to happen the way <laughs> yeah. it's going to happen. So, um, I don't know. Anything else you guys want to talk about? We got a minute. Uh, what is Sal's most unique or quirky holiday tradition? Are you asking me? or Are you asking him? Sal. 
Um, your your family. I feel or, like he drinks you a lot. That's about no, it. We play. Uh, we play spoons. That's a fun game. If you ever played spoons, right? There's it's two like types of spoons. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought and it was then like we play uh, like the cards or like the one where you whack your stuff or spoons. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> And then uh, we play. We we take like uh, fifty bucks or whatever. You wrap it in uh, duct tape and you put on oven mitts. What? And you wrap it like fifty layers of of duct tape and essentially you roll dice around. And if you roll like craps, right? You get to pull apart on it until the next person in the circle rolls, uh, like really a seven or eleven. Yeah, so it's it's actually kind of fun. And then whoever like in it. the end, right? So you could put on the, the gloves and actually. start ripping Hold at on, it, and the person it. next to you could roll a seven, and you got to right You just got the yeah, or no one rolls it, and it keeps going around. And you just right? keep going at it until you get it. So when you ask this question, I didn't think we were getting anything out of it. That's, That's great. No, I've actually seen something <laughs> similar. It's a pretty fun game. I've seen something similar yeah. to that where no, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a gift that's wrapped up. Sure, yeah. That they have other Something in the cast. center, yeah, you yeah. know. All right, and, and we're going to end on this. Guys, it, it, this was the last episode of the year. And oh, a, lot wow. of, a lot of, yeah, this is it. So a lot of things have changed in all our lives. We're off next week? Yeah, we're done. We're done oh. for the for the for the rest of the the year. And so this is our second season of doing a show. Can we do it anyway? No, we're not doing a show, oh. dude. So I, I wanted to thank everybody that has listened, that is that is like followed Especially us, Sweden. Sweden, whoever it is. Like we've had so much support. We started our own business like eight months ago. Um, it we all uh, us three and our whole team and, and Chad. Like I'm very very very. Very proud of what we've done. We're not very like we're. I'm not like satisfied whatsoever. But like I'm really looking forward to 2019. Our show is going to continue. Uh, we're going to continue to bring good content, great guests. We've, we've got amazing guests lined up for next year. Um, I'm just really excited about 2019. I think it's going to be a great year for everybody, regardless of the market does. I think Sal will say it first. It all comes down to what we do and what we decide to do with with whatever situation we're given. So I think that's going to be very important for 2019. Be resourceful. Be good at what you do. Be very on don't top be of add effect. Don't be add effect. Affect the the world around you. Um, and I'm very not, not pr- in effect. Not in effect. Whatever whatever it is. But I'm really really proud of the of what, what we've done, Sal. And I love you yeah. very much. I love you, Brad. Uh-huh. Jessica, you've been absolutely fantastic uh, over the year. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's been Thanks. good. What are you, you going to do for Christmas, for holidays? I don't know if you do Christmas. Eat all the carbs, basically. Carbs. <laughs> Go to my carbs. sister's house and then my aunt's house. It's all carbs. Do you guys play the oven mitt yeah. game? No. <laughs> no. Are you going to do it this year? Uh, no. 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 <laughs> not happening. I mean, I, I still can't wrap my mind around what it yeah, means. Yeah, no, me either. How do you get the $50 bill out without wrapping you, if it's wrapped in duct tape? So, well, it's in like a... <laughs> yeah, it's like... It'd be like in an empty, like, box. Right? Oh, okay, Like a it. little tiny box. And then when you finally get the box open, right? Whoever gets yeah. the last whoever, piece. Whoever opens it gets the money. You can't rip it. it open? Oh, maybe then. It's tough, brother. Oh, because I mean, it's duct tape, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's wrapped. You got oven mitts on. Yeah. What are you going to do for the holidays, Brad? Um, Watch my kids open their presents and yeah. sit back in and... Take a breather and enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah, you've got a great family. Yeah. You bought a house this year. I did. Another one. Yeah. No divorce for you. No divorce. Yeah. I love my wife you're very in much. It. You're in it. Sal, got a divorce this year. <laughs> no <laughs> divorce for me. We, I mean, we all kind of had divorces. Uh, we actually, we all did. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. We all kind of had divorce. So. <laughs> Um, anybody that wants that wants to reach out to us, obviously go to irepodcast.com. You can go to the comment section that comes straight to us. We get a lot of great comments. Like, share, subscribe our show. But we will see you, everybody, in 2019. That's the next time that we're gonna we're gonna be here. Yeah, yeah.
That's happy it. New Year. Happy New yep. Year. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Sal's, Sal's got his <laughs> yeah. head, hands on his like, phone. I get this chest Jessica, thing. anything to say to the audience before we go? Uh, have a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy what Hanukkah. are you doing? Well, me? Yeah. Um, spending time with my family. We talked about going to Frankenmuth. For Don't. Day. Yeah. Do not. What? It's a nightmare, dude. Why? Yeah. It's a... Crazy time. It might be good for the kids, but like no. to go when you're older, I mean, it sucks. If it's just you and your wife, She's go. sucks. Don't bring the kids. What? It's a nightmare, dude. I, I or, am or a go big in fan the spring. Of, uh, go in the Zenders, summer. Though. Don't go right now. It's the worst time of year to go, I swear. Really? It's so Have bad. Have you been? It's you can go zoo. to Bronner's and just be a little sheep in there. Yeah, it's so bad. <laughs> Is that bad? It's, yeah. I went the week before Thanksgiving thinking I was going to beat the rush. No. It was still bad. Really? I can't imagine what it's like right now. But it's two minutes away from your house, so it wasn't that yeah, bad. It's like yeah, 20. <laughs> yeah. it's brutal. All right, everyone. Have a great rest of the 2018. Have a great holiday, no matter what you, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever you have. Festivus for the rest of Whatever us. you celebrate. We love all of you. We appreciate the support. See you in 2019. God bless. You've been listening to Inside Real Estate, the nation's top real estate podcast. Don't forget to follow us at irepodcast.com and everywhere where podcasts are available. 